An effective online presence is a critical part of your shop's growth and profitability, which is why it only makes sense to use the company that many top performing repair shops use, Leads Near Me. Leads Near Me blows up your phones with a strategic combination of killer websites, high converting Google ads, traffic driving social media posts, and more. Reach them by text or call 888-953-2379 or visit them online at leadsnearme.com. Leads Near Me. Effortlessly increase car count. Conversations that are inspiring and educational for leaders in the automotive industry. This is Near Me Radio. Now, here's your host, Ryan Burton. Welcome to Near Me Radio, a podcast for automotive professionals sponsored by Leeds Near Me and APAC ATI. I'm your host, Ryan Burton. Today, we are pleased to have with us Thomas Hayes. For those of you that don't know Thomas yet, he is the Director of Technology and Director of Enrollment at ShopFix Academy. He's also the host of a podcast called Success Leaves Clues, which is for automotive industry professionals. Thomas started an auto repair in 2011 when he asked his friend from church, a fellow by the name of Aaron Stokes, if he could come over and work at one of his shops. His first gig was writing service. Then he moved over to the corporate office, doing everything from accounting to customer service to running Aaron's rental car company. In 2016, when Aaron started ShopFix, Thomas moved over there and was a coach initially, among other jobs. Thomas has been married for 13 years, has two kids. He lives in Middle Tennessee, which I think is just swanky talk for Nashville, but he's also one heck of a guy. Please welcome to Near Me Radio, Mr. Thomas Hayes. Thomas, how the heck are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. Was that intro okay? Did we hit the hit the marks there? I think it was good, except the, the podcast is Success Leaves Clues, colon, an automotive industry podcast. That's very important because there's a, a few other success leaves clues. Well, thank you for clarifying that. And will there be corrections throughout the podcast today? Will you be, will you be uh, helping me? <laughs> and by the way, helping me is something that you've done a great deal of in your life. And we could do a whole podcast on that. But one of the things you did for me, and I need to brag on Thomas for one second, is that I told him, I said, hey man, I think I'm going to do this, this podcast thing. What do I need? And he sent me the most detailed email, like literally, like, and by the way, if I could swivel the camera around here, I bought all the gear. You like literally piece by piece by piece, you did, man. literally everything. And, and you, you literally got me set up. That's the kind of generous guy Thomas is and kind of good person is. He didn't even blink. And by the way, of course, mine is an automotive industry podcast, which, you know, and here he is talking on mine again, which shows how generous he is. But I, I just felt like you know what? Um, you've got so much to say. You've done this great show. Wouldn't it be neat for the interviewer to become the interviewee, <laughs> for the hunter to become the hunted, right? To turn the tables a little bit. And I don't know, was that a little corny? 
it's pretty corny. Yeah, it was pretty but bad. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm works. very rusty. It's been a lot of years since I've. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I thought we would chat a little bit. And actually, by the way, it's funny. I mentioned the auto repair or the uh, not the auto repair. Excuse me, the rental car company. Do you, I think one of the first things we did together in like 2017 when we met was you had yeah. me remove that Google listing. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the first acts I think I ever did. You're like, yeah, we're closing this rental car company. Can I talk about that? Can I say that? Or do you remember you had that rental car company and shut it down? Well, let's not dig too deep into that. Okay, I, w- I won't go there. It never happened. I'll just, I'm deleting Edit that out. Now. Yeah, editing. Edit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll yell to our tech. Edit. Edit that part. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, great to have you here. Thank you for being on and thank you for helping me get everything set up for the podcast. Very generous. Thank you again. Oh. Uh, Ryan, I mean, I, I've known you for how much? It's like seven time. years, six years. It's been seven it's been years. A minute. Yeah, you, you've helped me with so many things, and and I've really enjoyed our relationship. Oh. Anything that I can do for you, I'm happy to, man. So oh. I'm just excited that you're, you know, we're we're in the podcast space together. I mean, it's really fun to to do this kind of thing with friends. And we've geeked out a little bit together already. I mean, you're totally geeking into this and doing a great job. Your podcast is amazing, and you're doing a a great Thanks, job. Too. And we've like talked about stuff already related to this, so we're kind of having fun with it, aren't we? Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into it. I want to, I want to, you know, get a little bit into Thomas and talk about the show and kind of the behind the scenes aspect. But I want to talk about auto repair first because you got back into, or you got into auto repair in 2011. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of want to learn about your beginnings. You know, you were a service writer. Was it at Eurofix or Autofix? You know, tell me a little bit about your, your entry into auto repair in 2011. Yeah, I, I mean the the entry really goes back a little bit further because uh, I, I mean if it wasn't for Aaron, I, I wouldn't be in auto repair. I'm that's that just wasn't on my path. Uh, so I've worked in uh, in telecom at a, a cell phone company, T-Mobile, for about five years, um, and I started that when I was like nineteen. So if that gives you an idea, you know this all happened pretty pretty early in my my life and career. And uh, I, you know I I'd done customer service, I did retention, which you know kind of like sales. Um, you know, I was a, a type of supervisor at that point. And, uh, and so I, I met this guy, Aaron, uh, he was a part of the church that I, that I went to and, uh, and he, you remember the TV show lost, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that TV show, uh, you know, this is before like DVRs were a big thing. And so he would host these parties at his house, uh, where we would watch the latest episode of lost. And that's how I got to know him. And, uh, you know, we, we would chat and, and get to know each other that way. And, and at some point, you know, I, I, I just, there's something about Aaron where, you know, you're just like, who is this guy? Um, and, and I'd love to serve his vision. Like that's, you know, that ability to really cast vision and lead people is, is obviously one of his superpowers. And, uh, and so, you know, I was like, hey, I, I'd like to work for you. Because I was, I was bored, you know, at the call center um, you know, it was, it was mundane. The hours were bizarre. I was newly married. I didn't like that. And, uh, and I thought, well, that would be interesting. And so he, uh, at first said, no, I don't have anything. And I think I was mildly offended at that point. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, I, I think it was a few months later, he, uh, he reached out and he's like, Hey, I'm gonna have you interview with my manager at, at the store in Murfreesboro. And, uh, and so I showed up and uh, interviewed, and, and I remember sitting at the interview table, the manager, you know, he's asking me the questions, and the, the foreman, uh, you know, and, and he and I, you know, built quite an interesting relationship. Uh, mainly, he gave me the hardest time possible because I knew nothing about cars. <laughs> and, uh, and he made, you know, it was very clear in the interview, he asked me, like, how a clutch worked. And, uh, you know, I, I can drive, 
you know, a manual, no problem. But I tried to explain it, and I think he said, yeah, not quite. Um, but, uh, you know, I got the job. Uh, and so I showed up, and, and it was really interesting. Like, you know, I, I don't have a car background. You know, I, I like driving cars. I, you know, I like nice cars, you know, but I don't know how to fix a car. I mean, if you want me to fix a car, it's not going to end well for you. Um, I really got an auto repair because of people. And, and what I quickly discovered is that the people, the customers, you know, they're incredible. They're, they're in a situation where, you know, you are really their support during a not fun time. You know, people don't want to have their cars fixed. They don't want to spend that money. They want to spend it on, you know, things that, that they really value. They have to fix their car. And so when you realize that, when I realized that as an advisor and, you know, it really just unlocked this thing of, hey, however I can, I'm going to serve you and, and I'm going to help you take away your pain. And, and that really, uh, that really introduced me to those concepts of, of being able to serve a customer in that type of space. Uh, and so, you know, I did that for a while and, um, and then I think I did that for like a year and a half. And if you're listening and you're a service advisor or, or you're thinking of becoming a service advisor or you're an owner hiring an advisor who's outside the industry, um, there is so much uh, really great skill that you can bring to the table if you have that, that innate sales skill. Um, the ability to know how a car works uh, you know, is secondary in that role to the ability to serve people. And, you know, you can learn how a car works. I mean, so many times I would go to uh, the foreman, I'd say, hey, I don't know what this system does and I don't know why it's going to fix the issue. Can you walk me through it? And and if you have that ability as an advisor to translate that technical into something that an, anyone can understand, uh, you know, you, you're pretty much unstoppable. Were you a rock star service advisor? Did you like kicks? I know you'll be modest, but I mean, did you do pretty well? I, I think I was I was fine. I, I, I was not a top service advisor, um, but I, I think I did all right. Was Aaron around the shops at all back then? I mean, did you like kind of work oh, yeah. for Aaron in the shop? I mean, uh, well, so he, you know, he was he would hit all the stores up, um, but he wasn't working day to day in a specific store. Uh, so he had a manager um, that was over that store, general manager, and that's you know that was who I reported to. Um, it wasn't until I moved to the corporate office that's when I worked directly with Aaron. But I mean, did you ever were you ever on a call and there he was standing there, kind of watching you do the call or something? <laughs> like that, that ever happened? No, I don't think so. I mean, my background in the call center, like call skills, were were pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, I will say one thing that he did that really uh, made it so that there was this. Uh, unconscious competence is when he would do training or he would have someone do training, it was it was very intense. And, and he would randomly during a training call you out and like role play with you on the spot. And, and all of a sudden he'd look up and he'd look at you and say, ring, ring. And you had to recite the, the opening script and then he would be a customer and you go back and forth. And so to this day, if you say ring, ring to me, I can immediately pop back into advisor mode because it was drilled in so hard. Should I say ring, so really, ring now and see what happens? <laughs> put me on the spot. Yeah, see, Aaron's like, he might be hearing this going like, come on, Thomas, we can do better. Come on, now. man. Yeah, he's like, he's going to. So ring, ring, hey, I got to remember that one. He does that oh, in shop gosh, fix. This is terrible. You can edit it out, right? No, he, he does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to edit lots out of here. He he does that in in, <laughs> in shop fix meetings with hundreds of people in the room. He he, he yeah. just literally yeah. it's it's actually ring, pretty. Ring. I remember the first time I saw him, 
live, so to speak, doing that. I mean, when he was, it was, I was like, holy smokes, like, and people were just laying it on the line. It was like he had some sort of hip, hypnosis degree or something. You know what I'm saying? You know better than he's, me what I'm saying. It's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's, he really has, and I think this is part of his background. He just has such a great ability to, to teach and to lead and to get people engaged. I mean, that's, you know, something, I mean, to this day, like, you know, I'm in one of our meetings or I'm watching him speak and I'm still like, after all these years hearing the, you know, his stuff, which I, you know, he's, I've heard a hundred times, you know, it still engages me. It's like, oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. That's, that's certainly one of his superpowers. That's awesome, man. Uh, let's talk about the podcast and I will get it right this time. Okay. Success. And I can't believe I did that. Success leaves clues, an automotive industry podcast. Tell me how it gets, yeah. got started. Let, let's talk about the podcast. Kind of just tell me about it from there. Yeah. Uh, so the idea of a podcast had been bounced around for a long time. Uh, and, you know, we had some equipment for it. Uh, you know, we, we just, it was kind of shelved. And one day I was listening to a uh, Gary V on the way into work. Uh, and he was, I mean, typical Gary V. He's like, if you don't have a podcast, you're an idiot or something like that. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm just going to start the podcast. I'm nice. just going to do it. And, uh, and so, you know, it's not a shop fix podcast. It's, it's, you know, I, I'm the, the, whatever you call it of the podcast. Um, and, and so, you know, kind of thinking through the, what I wanted it to be, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of interview style radio shows that I really appreciate. Um, and there's a few that I've modeled the podcast after, and it's really this idea of giving someone a voice to tell their story. And, you know, in my life through personal experiences or whether it's coaching shop owners, you know, that ability to really give someone a platform to be seen, uh, I, I think was, is, is something that's maybe needed in the automotive management podcast space. Like there's some amazing podcasters, you know, that, that are the OGs that, that have brought, you know, years and years of value. I wanted to bring something that, that maybe could fill a need um, where, you know, we're really letting people tell their story, um, less about tactical, more about, um, you know, that sharing aspect. We're on episode 31 now, correct? Yes. Episode 31, you know, what, and I, there's probably several things, but tell me what you're the most proud of or things that you're, you're extremely proud of at this point. I think you spoke to it a little bit, giving people a voice, but talk to me about some of the things, uh, you know, that have made you proud up till now. Yeah. I, you know, that's an interesting question. I, I think that the word proud for me in this context is married with the word humbled. Uh, I've been so humbled and grateful to have, you know, so many people that I know and don't know just, you know, tell me that, oh, you know, this this podcast means a lot to me, or I listened to this with my son, and or, you know, this episode was helpful to me. And so, you know, it's not me, like, you know, what I'm doing is just facilitating. I'm taking, you know, these amazing guests that I've had and I'm giving them the platform to be the hero and really be able to serve others in a way that individually it's hard to, you know, there's so much power when we go one to many and that's where we can really serve the community. And so, you know, that was the intention of the podcast is I want to serve the automotive community. And so, you know, by giving, uh, giving that and then seeing the response, um, you know, it's made me feel, very proud and very grateful, um, and and I, I I've been blown away with just how quickly it's grown. 
Uh, you know, I started, you know, self-taught, never done a podcast before, never interviewed before. Um, and th certainly th there's some interesting stories, you know, in the first episodes. Um, but I'm very proud of, of what we've been able to do. And um, yeah, that, that's, I think those would be the big things that stand out to me. Nice. So the first episode, Michael Rosenberger was on. He owns Tommy's High Tech in Denton, Texas as well. He's, a, I think, a head coach or lead coach at Shop Fix Academy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, going back a little bit, uh, tell me what you remember from the first show from those early days, how it's evolved. I mean, even for me, I'm on to, you know, episode two, three, four, whatever, and I'm even doing things like initially the first one, I edited way too much. It was like way too much time. And I'm like, how can I make yeah. this faster, right? So, you yeah. know, maybe for those thinking about podcasting or wondering about it, maybe... What have you learned over the course of doing all those shows? And then also memories. I mean, Michael Rosenberger is a phenomenal shop owner. I mean, what do you remember uh, from that first interview and those first shows? And, and talk to me about that. Yeah, I actually, the, the first big uh, you know, recording that I did, I don't remember where Michael was. I, I don't think he was the first interview. I think it was actually Joe. I just, Joe Stokes. I didn't release his. Oh. And, and, and I'm actually about to release his second set of interviews that we did. Um, but I just remember, you know, having no ability to control the conversation and not that you want to control the conversation interview, but certainly there's some guidance and, you know, keeping on track and things like that. And, uh, and I just didn't have that skill set, and, and we had so much raw audio and I didn't know if it was good or not. I, you know, I just, I, I was so green when I did that interview with him. Uh, turns out, you know, once I did sit down and actually edit it, it's one of our top episodes. Joe is is has got so much insight, and and really what he was able to bring in that episode was incredible. Um, but you know, in those early episodes, Michael Lowell Green, uh, you know Joe, it's like, man, I felt so uh, so self conscious about interviewing, and and I think that the shift for me. Uh, besides time, you know, you do it enough times, you start to build confidence. But the big shift for me is I was, I was reading, you know, I, I love to research and so I'm reading like how to be a better interviewer and things like that. And, and what stood out to me is, is really this concept of your job as an interview is to advocate on behalf of the audience and find out what the audience would want to know. And so, you know, before I was like, okay, what's my follow-up question going to be? And I'm like plotting my next question. And now it's, you know, the, the, the nice part is you're just like, you're having a conversation. And so for me, you know, that was that shift early on. And so if you're just wanting to start a podcast or whatever, you know, just remember that your job is to advocate on the behalf of the audience. And so many things fell into place after that. Nice. And we've had, you know, the 31 shows um, you know, since, and we've had names like Ryan Blair, Adam Presser, Stan Andrewski, Todd Baldridge, Dave Markard, Rob Choicer, Jonathan Ortiz. These are just some of the names that have been on the show. And I think Ryan was a pretty recent show. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what, what are some memories of these shows? What are some things you extracted, maybe some behind the scenes aspects of it? Uh, uh, talk about memories of those shows. Yeah, with each one of them, what's so interesting is, you know, I know a lot of these people already. And I, you know, there's some that I, I really didn't know very well, but I have a relationship with a lot of the people that I interview. But when when someone just has the opportunity to tell their story, you learn things about that person that you didn't really know. And it really brings a lot of clarity to, you know, where they're at today. 
um, you know, Ryan Blair, like understanding, I, I knew high level that he went through some turmoil in his shop and, and, and I knew that, you know, he struggled financially, but, um, you know, to really, you know, hear not just the facts, but to, you know, sit face to face with someone and actually see them tear up and see that emotion come through, you know, that's where, uh, I've been so surprised at just how, uh, impactful, you know, those moments can be when you really allow someone create an environment that's safe where they can, you know, really share at that level. And so for me, just, just seeing people be willing to do that, um, in all of these instances has been just amazing. Now, to that point, doing these shows where people are, you know, really confiding, uh, opening up and giving a lot of information. What feedback have you gotten from the audience talking about us being the advocates of the audience, right? Of, of asking the questions, what, what feedback have you gotten? What are some things that have been impactful to listeners that they've heard uh, on the show thus far? Yeah. I mean, certainly there's feedback about how people enjoy the show and, and, you know, what it means to them. What I've been, what's been interesting is I have been told by guests that people are reaching out to them directly. Hmm. which which really makes me happy because it's like man you know you've given that person that platform and and now people are able to give them direct praise uh you know certainly i've had you know hey this episode was helpful and things like that um but i, I love it when i hear that uh, really the guest is able to get that feedback directly from the listener i think that's very important um so we talked about the podcast i'm curious to talk about shop fix because when I mean, you got this podcast going on which has been extremely popular where is it in downloads by the way before we move on i think you, you you're like ranked fairly high in in the downloads of it yeah so we typically rank in the top 200 of apple business podcasts in the united states uh which is <clears throat> something that i'm i'm you know quite proud of uh and again i i really you know I really attribute that to uh, just the quality guests that we have and, and, you know, the fact that they've been so, um, been so honest and vulnerable. I, I think that's very attractive to people. Um, I, I, if it's okay, I want to tag back to another question that you asked and, yeah. and, and just talk something out real quick. Um, I, I, you know, whether it's, you know, advocating for the audience or, uh, you know, the premise of the show or any of that kind of stuff, I, I, I want to, just say this concept that that's really been important for me in this episode, I'm sorry, in this show. Um, and then just in general is, is really an, this concept that when we are vulnerable, when we are telling the depth of our story and it's not just the facts, but it's the emotion and we're really sharing what that journey was like, it really does two things. Um, it really empowers that person to be seen, which I, I think that, you know, when we're looking at, at gifts that we can give each other, I think one of the greatest gifts that we can give to another person is to see them. But it's also this vulnerability to be seen. And when we, when that, you know, the seer and the seen are are really connected, it really takes away loneliness. And when we're going through a problem and we hear someone tell that they've been through that problem and they're honest about it, we're no longer alone in our problem. And we realize there's someone else and that's an opportunity for someone to connect. And so in the back of my head, that's something that's very important to me um, when we're talking about the concept of the show. And I think you accomplish that in the show. I think that's the whole, that's the heart of the show, isn't it? I mean, that's really what you do when you listen yeah. to it. You're not alone 
and you've been uh, able to draw things out. I think I jokingly, I had Chris Knuth on, uh, he was actually here in this office and we recorded. And it's funny because I said, I called you the, like the Oprah of podcasts or something like that. I was like, I said, I don't know what to do with that. No, dude. But I mean, you know, our Dr. Phil or something, I don't know, like bringing out this emotional side. I'm like, cause I even said, I said, look, we're not going to go back over that on this show today because you said it all on Thomas's. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, like, I mean, he basically puts you through the ring or so, but you're, you're very good at that. You've, um, you know, people are very comfortable talking to you and I don't know how, how I'm doing if you're comfortable, here, but, it's, but they're very comfortable, yeah. um, you know, opening up to you. And that's a real quality. And that's important to your point of what you want to accomplish. You're accomplishing it because feel people feel comfortable telling you those things. So good job. And, uh, uh, and, and I, I think you're accomplishing that stuff. It's awesome. So. Uh, I want to switch over. Let's talk shop fix for a minute, okay? And yeah. and again, this is this is a big deal. The first thing I was going to ask, and this is somewhat jokingly, if Aaron has bought like a new facility this week, or if we're going to go to like a three hundred thousand square foot <laughs> facility. I mean, like a new one was bought in Brentwood, like what a year ago, and then we've got this other new one in Franklin. I guess it's in Franklin proper, right? Which is what ninety thousand mm-hmm. square feet. Mm-hmm. Is that how big it is? Ninety three. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> so don't forget those sorry, three, man. Sorry, man. Yeah, well, that's. I think that's bigger than Leeds near me's offices. By the way, the three we forgot. <laughs> so um, that's amazing. It's amazing. So uh, you know uh, what? What can members expect? I mean, I guess most of them have been through the new facility now. But uh, uh, tell me about what we can expect from Shopfix in the near future. I mean, buying a ninety-three thousand square foot facility and all these exciting things. What's going on with Shopfix these days? What's happening? Yeah, I mean, with the building specifically, that certainly was a you know a big step. I mean, we went from twenty five thousand square feet in the facility in Brentwood to now ninety three, uh, and and that's really something that you know we knew we had to do to accommodate growth. Uh, we moved into the, the facility in Brentwood, and that's our office are still here. I'm, I'm sitting in that building right now, uh, and and we outgrew it you know, in no time. And so the new building really gives us the capability to host more people, but do it in a way where, you know, people aren't packed out in rooms, you know, really just allow there to be sufficient space. Uh, and so we're really excited about that. We've already had, I think, three conferences there. We have another one coming up in April. Uh, and we're we're doing build-outs in between each conference, you know, just building it out to spec. So, you know, we got the general session rooms done last time, some of our classrooms done. This time, we're finishing out our classrooms. Uh, we're building out the lobby. We're doing a lot of infrastructure changes in the background. Uh, and so really the goal for that is, you know, we always want to be reinvesting in our members. How can we give them a better experience? And so this building is something that is really enabling us to do that. Uh, and you know, we're internally upgrading some infrastructure, um, our websites, things like that, which, um, you know, we're going to be announcing, you know, some big changes to that soon. That's going to be really cool for our members. Um, I don't know if I should have said that on the radio before uh, any of that's announced publicly. Um, but, you know, we're really just doing a lot of things to, to really create a foundation that we can continue to grow on. Something that's really important to us is that we don't grow outside of our capacity. You know, it's just like at a shop, like, you know, you can market a million dollars a month, you know, 
maybe don't do that, but you could. And if you did, and you're, you know, you've got two bays, it's not going to go well for you. Uh, and so, you know, we've actually in our past limited our growth until we had the right things in place. We never want to give a bad experience. And so for us right now, you know, as we're looking to grow, uh, continue to grow, we're, we're just always trying to improve on the back end and, and build capacity. We're bringing on new coaches. Uh, we're, we're making those changes to the infrastructure. So, um, you know, for, for me, um, it's, a, it's a very busy season right now uh, from both ends uh, of, of kind of my role. Uh, but I know that it's going to result in, you know, something really good. It's going to result in a better experience, you know, for our team and a better experience for members. So I'm super excited about that. I, I really feel like 2023 is, is a big year for ShopFix. I think there's been a few big years for ShopFix. I think it's been a... Uh, quite a meteoric rise, as they say. And uh, I think it's been a busy season for Thomas since about 2016 at ShopFix. I think it's been, I don't think there's been an unbusy season for you. I think it's busy uh, right now. Point. If I asked you a year ago, you'd be like, it's pretty yeah. busy. I mean, you've got, you know, three or four pretty major titles. Uh, one of them is Director of Membership, right? Is that, did I, did I say the title right? Director of Enrollment. See, I mean, Director of Enrollment. I need these Sorry. better notes here. Um <laughs> Director of Enrollment. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, you you're you are the you know the one of the first people they talk to when they call ShopFix, and you you have these conversations. Yeah. Tell me, you know, one thing you hear most, or or what a recurring theme is, or t- tell me about this without divulging, you know, secrets of people <laughs> calling. But talk to me about those initial calls. What's something you notice in these calls when they come in? Yeah, it's really interesting uh, because there there are certainly patterns. Um, it really seems that there's a few different situations that that pretty consistently call in, um, and that you know those really dictate you know how I serve them. Um, you know, I've got guys that you know call in, and you know they're they they're a one man operation, and I, I've got folks that call in, and they're you know doing you know tens of millions of dollars a year and ever in between, and and so yeah, there, there's definitely these patterns of. You know, one man shop. I just hit a million. I'm, I'm, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars a month, and I can't break through. Uh, you know, I'm looking for community. I'm looking for strategy, and so you know, I, I, there's certainly these patterns of of those combinations of things. Um, and you know, what I'm what I'm really wanting to make sure I do in that call is is really you know here if we're going to be the right fit for them if if they are going to be successful in our program. Um, and so what, what's What's been interesting with that is that, you know, because of Aaron and because of our members and just that culture that we have, um, it's very rare that someone calls and and it's not, you know, from the perspective of, are they going to be a good fit? Are they going to, you know, m- mesh well with with the philosophies and, and the things that we have in place? Um, you know, it seems that, that typically most people are. I, I think what I'm trying to say is that if we look at, you know, whether it's a coaching company or or a marketing company or any of these these vendor services or business services that serve, whether it be automotive or any other industry, you know, the flavor of that company is attractive to the right people. And, and I I liken it to, and this is a really cheesy analogy, but I, I like it. All whether you're you know a company trying to sell a product, whether you're a vendor serving B two B, whatever, there is a song that you sing, and it is broadcast through your branding and your marketing and messaging, and who you are, like who you are as as the leadership of the 
you know, whoever the front man is or front people of the organization, like that flavor is a song. And, you know, when I think about marketing or sales, the philosophy that, that really is, is held true for me for a very long time is when someone hears your song, that your flavor, who you are, they're either going to be attracted to it or they're not. It's the song they've been listening for or not. And so the magic happens when we really get to the place of recognizing that as, as maybe someone who's in sales or a company trying to attract you know new clients and and just be true to our being true to our voice. And the people that need to hear us, that need our help, they will hear that song and they'll say, oh, that's the song I've been listening for. That's perfect. And then, you know, the phone call happens and, and you know, we're, we're off to the races. Um, and so, you know, back to your question about, you know, uh, patterns I'm seeing when I talk to someone who's coming into ShopFix, you know, that's what I'm trying to explain is, you know, I'm listening. Do they know our song and have they been listening for our song? And if they haven't, that's okay. There's lots of other coaching companies or, or whatever they're looking for out there. And I don't think any of them are, are, you know, they're all trying to help the industry. It's just, you know, what song are you looking for? What do you need? And and so Shop Fix, you know, we have a pretty unique song. Uh, and so, you know, that's, I think that's one thing that, that really sets us apart. Thank you for you know, your help with leads near me. I met you in, I think it's October, November of 2017. I walked yeah. into, was it Autofix, Eurofix in Franklin to come and have lunch yeah. with you. Yeah. And, and Aaron ended up coming. TJ was there. I, I My memory is some restaurant. It felt like it was across the street, but I remember getting in a vehicle and I was just part of the gang like that day. You like just I was, blindly got into a vehicle yeah, with, with you, with a bunch of strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I remember going to some place, and I remember sitting at a little table, and I, I was like, we were all like at this like, and I think like Aaron and my knees were like up against each other. So it was like this sandwich place that you guys went to pretty frequently. You told me, but anyway, Where was but it? I, yeah. uh, I remember like I had to wait for you, and, and and I walked and I read the the background that was on the wall. There was Aaron's story was on the wall, and I sat in the. Oh yeah, in the other room, and I chatted with some of the people at the desks and everything. But you, there you were, and, and actually Jeff Bragdon, who was on the first show that we did for the Near mm-hmm. Me Radio podcast, he was the one that said, "Hey, man, I'm with this new coaching company because he was a shop that predated, and and that's what led to us." So thank you for for all all you've done for Leeds Near Me over the years, and um, you know we'll be forever grateful. And uh, but thankfully, it's it's evolved into this great relationship and. Uh, and friendship. So, and thanks for being on the show, yeah. man. I mean, again, yeah. you're you've got this big podcast. I think people will be f- interested to hear all these things. So, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you being on Near Me Radio, Thomas Hayes. Have a great day, my friend. Thanks, Ryan. That does it for another show. Thank you again to Thomas Hayes. You can find Success Leaves Clues, an automotive industry podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or go to slcautopodcast.com. That's slcautopodcast.com. And of course, you can find ShopFix Academy at shopfixacademy.com. Thanks again for listening. We will catch you next time on another episode of Near Me Radio. The tech shortage problem is not going to solve itself. That's why it will take organizations like APAC ATI to emerge with solutions that will bring relief for shop owners. APAC ATI is a nonprofit organization that helps veterans, the recovery community, formerly incarcerated persons, 
and those who need a second chance and a shot at their dream career as a skilled automotive technician. They offer no-cost training and a hand up for anyone willing to do the hard work it takes to learn to repair every vehicle the right way. APAC ATI, educating and empowering skilled labor and making a difference. Learn more about the program or sponsor a new student at APACATI.org. That's A-P-A-C-A-T-I dot org.